When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now we have liftoff. Welcome to the Now We Have Liftoff New York Jets podcast. And I'm your host, John June. And of course, got to have my guy on this lovely Tuesday live here from our, you know, separate studios, of course. But Frank Jim Piccolo. Frank, what's going on, man? Not much. We had our command center, bro. It's always good to talk football with my best friend. Let's get after it. Yeah, man. Definitely love talking ball with you, brother. Of course, man. Uh, Gotta love talking, especially about our New York Jets, even when they make us upset and they make us sad. So, but not all things were sad. As you can see here, I'm donning my number eight Elijah Moore jersey uh, in my uh, stealth black here. But the New York Jets, not a, it was a a loss with some bright spots just because you, you like how some of the guys played, some of the young guys, but still some of the, not all of the frustrating stuff that we've seen, but still some frustrating things. But a 24-17 loss uh, to the Miami Dolphins with a last-second field goal there uh, that makes the score the score look closer than it actually was. Um, but the biggest storyline here is the performance on offense by some of these young offensive players. Uh, obviously, Joe Flacco was the starter. That's not really the story here. Not really the one that I want to get into. I want to start with the guy whose jersey I'm wearing. Um, Elijah Moore had 11 targets in this game. Uh, Eight receptions, I believe it was. I'm trying to pull it up right now. Um, You feel like I would have it memorized by now. Eight receptions, 141 receiving yards. Also gets 15 yards on a rush attempt there. So, over 150 yards of total offense there for the rookie second-round wide receiver. Frank, what were your thoughts here, you know, watching this performance here of Elijah Moore? It was good to see. Like uh, last week on my solo pod, I talked about how I, I thought this was going to really be like Michael Carter's really like breakout game, and it kind of looked that way until he got hurt. But uh, Elijah Moore kind of filled that fill that void, you know, with, especially with Joe Flacco as a quarterback, you knew he was going to be able to stay in the, stay in the pocket and deliver the ball downfield. And Elijah Moore just has that speed. It was good to see him do that against defensive backs that are 
extremely talented that Miami has, you know, especially those one, you know, they like playing man coverage. They like playing that, that zero coverage a lot where they're going to bring the house and they're going to force you to beat them deep. And Elijah Moore did that repeatedly on Sunday, which was good to see like all these, the last couple of drafts that Joe Douglas had, you could really start seeing some of these players look like they have the potential to be foundation building blocks going forward. Yeah, especially this this most recent class here, right? I mean, we've we've only really have two classes from Joe Douglas, but this this class here really looks promising. Uh, hopefully, we get you know we see what happens at quarterback, but um, you know Elijah Moore just you know you could see it even in the in these recent weeks, right? Like he was scoring a touchdown uh, almost every game. He's you know coming. You know, you see him, you know, making plays after the catch, doing things like that. And so, you, you know, you, you could see it almost really coming close there for Elijah Moore. And he had this breakout moment here uh, and where he, he was almost he was in a zone. It was like almost there was like nothing Miami could do to stop him. Uh, he had uh, some contested catches, uh, you know, was getting interfered with on a sideline catch was able to, to, you know, toe tap it, get both feet inbounds, um, you know, had the game breaking play, you know, in the third quarter, uh, scoring that touchdown there on a 62 yarder, uh, showed the speed uh, after the catch to outrun the the Miami defense and get in the end zone. Uh, He, you know, he was just, you know, had also another catch where he was on the, the sideline, scooped it up, uh, as he's like diving on the floor, like on his back, uh, he was just again, he was just in his zone there on Sunday, and that was fantastic to see. And you referenced the performance of Michael Carter, who definitely looked like he was on his way to a breakout game, had nine carries for 63 rushing yards. Uh, you know, Miami's defense, the way that they operate, uh, you talked about it a lot of zero, a lot of cover zero. That means a lot of man coverage. That means that you're going to have these linebackers isolated with your running backs and man-to-man coverage. And so Michael Carter was going to be in some definitely some favorable opportunities in the pass game as well. So it sucked to see him go down. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, seems like, you know, according to Adam Schefter, it's a two to three week injury with a low, a low grade, uh, high ankle sprain. So sh- should be back in a, a few weeks there. Um, and, you know, Obviously, we have some semi-breaking news uh, if you're watching this live. Um, you know, the quarterback situation, everyone was curious as to who would be the starter. It's somewhat sorted itself out. I think, um, you know, I don't think this is what Robert Sala said, what, what he meant when he said it, it would sort of resolve itself organically. But Zach Wilson will get the start on Sunday as Mike White and Joe Flacco are both added to the COVID reserve list. So uh, Zach Wilson gets the start, and so we get to see this offense with him. Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore, the return, uh, obviously Corey Davis is back and and all these other guys. Um, but, Frank, what were your thoughts on the performance of – what were your thoughts on the performance of, you know, Mike LaFleur, not just this game, but in recent weeks as well? I think he's coming to his own. I think we said it a couple of weeks ago that, you know, this is the coordinator 
that we thought, like the end arounds, the double passes, the screens. Like it's almost like he was trying to do too much because of the talent that Zach Olson had. So maybe this was good for LaFleur also where he could take a seat back and be like, oh, it's okay to play like Salah likes to say, boring football. But like we talked off air, Wilson only played a small stretch in that New England game after the bye. Maybe this was the adjustment that the coaching staff made at the bye week that they wanted to be more explosive, get the ball into their playing makers' hands more with the end arounds, with the double passes that I just talked about. Like it's really good to see that because going forward, because we both knew that the Jets weren't going to be very good this year, but as they get more weapons, as he gets more comfortable in this offense and develops how he really wants to his offense to look like, I think he's going to be able to look back on the early part of this season and realize, okay, this didn't work, and maybe I have to reel Zach Wilson in a little bit and tell him that, you know, we don't have to go for the home run ball seven times a game. It's okay if we do it one or two times maybe. Yeah, and I think that this time away from football was probably helpful for Zach Wilson, right? Like we saw it happen with Sam Darnold a few years back. Uh, where he had to sit back, he had to sit out, and he, you know, it, he came back and he was playing much better. Uh, you know, realizing how the offense was run by uh, watching a veteran and Josh McCown, and he got to watch Mike White play football, and he he even said that he needs to play more like Mike White, and he's got to even see Joe Flacco operate and see how Joe Flacco operated against a defense that was, you know, quite different than you know any other defense that he would that he had really seen all year, with the exception of maybe New England. Uh, so, uh, and, and obviously he's had his struggles there, but, you know, we, we looking at how, you know, Michael Flores run this offense. I think that there is an opportunity here for some growth here from Zach Wilson for some improvement here because of what the things that you talked about, the creativity, the double passes, the wide receiver screens, the end arounds, like they had the, you know, they had put Elijah Moore in motion on Sunday they had a motion across the field, um, come back, go into the backfield, and then they throw him a swing pass. That was the one that was counted as a rush attempt. You know, doing things like that to keep to take the defense off balance, using you know get, using creative ways to get your most dangerous player in space, right? So like the things that we had complained about ad nauseum to start the year. Those are the things that Mike LaFleur is doing now, and, and I'm, I'm definitely happy about that. One of the things that's just irking me, though, and I'm sure it irks you as well, Frank, is the fact that this one of the things that we said to start the year was how great this defense has been playing, the coaching staff, what they were doing. Obviously, we know the hand that they've been dealt with the secondary, I always say, I don't want to talk about injuries. I don't want to use it as an excuse, but when it comes to what you've got in the secondary right now, when you, when you sign Elijah Riley on Monday or Tuesday, and my man's is starting in the game on Sunday, I will, I will call that somewhat of a reasonable justification for the, the, uh, the poor performance by this defense. But, um, that being said, 
are you concerned at all that there is no sense of urgency to make the to make any adjustments or to try to to try to to improve this defense or for even Robert Solid to get involved with trying to improve the defense? I've been going back and forth on this, like in my own mind. <clears throat> so we look at Olbrook. Olbrook, he's he hasn't even really been a full-time DC for a full year now. Like he took over last year at <clears throat> in as the interim DC halfway through the season when uh, excuse me, uh, I'm blanking on Dan Quinn. Yeah, when Dan Quinn got let yeah. go. So, so he's still a young coordinator. Like when you look at the Jets coaching staff as a whole, they're all learning together. So after the Buffalo game, like it looked like they're making a conservative effort, not, I don't want to say not game plan, but to run their base defense a lot more than make like serious adjustments because for them, to be play high one safety, that high single safety against Buffalo. And even this week, they played a, a lot of high single with Ashton. Either they don't trust the safeties on, on the team or that they want going into next year, they want this team to have a good concept of what they're trying to run before they make things more complicated or give them more. That's the only thing I could have. Like these guys have been in the league for a long time and they're, they've been successful in other places. Both of them talking about Ulbrick and Sala for them not to make adjustments like they haven't this year. There has to be a method to their madness. Well, I mean, I, I think, you know, play devil, play devil's advocate here. Right. Like I think we just kind of, you know, so stumbled upon the answer, right? Like we talked about Elijah Riley showing up on Monday and starting on Sunday. Do you want to come up with a complicated game plan and start coming up with all these different checks and adjustments and all these different flipping of fronts and, and coverages and, and, you know, assignments, or are you going to say, Hey, we're going to run the simplest things possible so that we can get Elijah up to speed or because if you if like you can get a D lineman in there and tell him hey like you got this gap or you got that gap but um you know to to have a, a start like to have a def a, sa a safety back there the you know essentially the the last line of defense the glue of your defense back there and that guy being confused making all these checks and adjustments that might that could be dangerous in and of itself yeah, I agree. And when you go when you go down the list of guys that have gotten hurt, you know, you got obviously Lawson, obviously Vinnie Curry, Joyner, Davis started the year hurt. May's May is now out. Pinnock hurt. Eccles hurt. Jared Davis was hurt for a length of time. You know, and then the guys that we do depend on, like JFM and Quinnen, they've kind of gone MIA. I think I think the Jets are playing JFM out of position. Like when you talk about this 4-3 defense, JFM is probably a D tackle in a 4-3 defense, unless he's going to play, 
you know, that strong side, that Vinnie Curry type of type of role. The problem is they have no edge presence right now, right? And so JFM, like it or not, is the best edge that they have. You don't have Bryce Huff. You don't have Vinnie Curry. You don't have Carl Lawson. Who's going to line up on the edge for them and, and really present, you know, really, you know, wreak havoc? You know, you're you're really like your best, your you know, your best chance at getting at the quarterback is having some combination of JFM, Quinnen, and Sheldon Rankins on the field. I mean, I think the problem is is that they rotate these guys way too much, man. I mean, like the fact that Nathan Shepard is constantly playing, bro. I mean, uh, yeah, I know you can go on and on all day and all day about about Nathan Shepard. Um, you know, th- they just got Ronald Blair back in there. He's playing a ton of snaps, right? Like uh, Kyle Phillips just came back. He's playing a ton of snaps. I mean, Sheldon is. I mean, Sheldon um, Quinnen has been really good actually on a on a per snap basis, right? He, he's got one of the highest pressure rates at the defensive tackle position across the league. The problem is he just isn't on the field for as you know, for 80, 90% of the time as like some of the elite defensive linemen in the league are. Yeah. And you just reminded me, like when I was breaking down the game and I texted you, I was like, why is Shepard getting so many snaps? And it brings me to my point. Like there were so many stupid penalties from this game as a whole, the jets just kept shooting themselves in the foot. Like that penalty by JFM that Salah singled him out in the presser. Like you, you just have to be better. Like you have to, you have to have some football uh, situation knowledge there. Like, yeah. Was it a ticky tack call? Maybe could be, but right there, just, just stop. Even if you got to fall down, you know, two, took two steps. And he's a slight quarterback. You got to know that he's going to go flying. Yeah, you, you. I mean, but that that's on the coaching staff, right? Right? Because at the end of the day, you know, I, I've heard this saying a bunch of times, but my my high school coach used to say it all the time too. It's either you coach it or you allow it to happen, right? So at the end of the day, right? Like it's on you as a as a coach. You know, if your team is is constantly one of the most penalized teams in the league is because you're either coaching your team to do that or you're not getting on them when they do it and you're you're not reprimanding them or you're not giving them some kind of motivation to not do it right and so that there has to be you know for these things to constantly come up and so like I get it if it happens once in a while right but for it to have to pop up in every single game and I'm sorry. I got one more thing I got to say about Salah before before we do anything else, right? Because one of the things I was happy about when Salah came and he and he was hired, one of the things he talked about was the use of analytics, right? And I'm curious what is going on because you can't tell me when you look at Matt Amendola and his field goal percentage Analytically, that is, we have a higher rate of success on fourth down <laughs> beyond the 50-yard line than we do of converting that, that fourth and short. Like, Frank, am, am I am I 
am I out of am I off base here, or why does Matt Amendola get time and time again the opportunity to attempt 55, 56 yard field goals? What <laughs> and well, they just brought a they signed um, Alex Kessman to their practice squad today, so maybe that's never heard of him. Neither have I, but yeah, bro, I hear you like. That was the big thing, right? They have a guy that was solely dedicated to analytics. And I guess the Jets have gone more for it on fourth down in recent memory this year. But if you're in that no man's land, right? Like, does it really matter? Because your defense can't stop anybody anyways. Matt Amendola is going to miss that field goal. So might as well just keep your offense on the field and hopefully they could get the first down, you know, especially if it's fourth and manageable, if it's fourth and four and shorter, just just go for it. Dude, 40 or less, he's money, right? 20 to 29, he's five of five. 30 to 39, he's four of four. At four, anywhere between 40 to 49, he's two of four, so 50%. And anything above 50, he has not made an attempt he is three attempts at above 50 at above 50 yards and has not is yet to make one of them why do we keep attempting these 45 plus yard field goals with Matt Amendola and not trying to convert the like the Jets are not gonna they're not gonna make the playoffs this year they're not gonna win a Super Bowl there's no hey we need to conserve a win like you have to use these opportunities to have to like build a winning team here to be able to give these these reps to your young guys and show them hey these are key situations this is how we're this is how we're going to convert or this is how this is the play that we're going to go with or this is the situation uh and this is you know the the time and this is the the uh, opportunity here for us to make a play and so why aren't we taking advantage of these opportunities? That's another thing that just continues to bug me, especially every time I watch Matt Amendola go out there. And you never, every time, you know he's going to miss that kick. Every single time. You know it. It's coming. Matt Amendola. And it's not even like he's close. Right? I understand if it's like, oh, it just hit the crossbar. Or, it, you know, it it was just short. Whatever, right? I get that. But the, like, He hooks there, it every every time he hooks it. Every, Every time. time. I, I don't get it. Like, isn't that your one job? That's his one job in practice, right? I I would assume I wasn't a kicker, but I would assume that that's his one job in practice, especially if you know you're hooking it each time. Like, don't they have film on, like, technique? Or I would I would guess, right? Like, what's Brent? And Brent Boyer's got to be losing his mind because he's not like a – a quiet special teams coach. He's like Westhoff. He's loud. He's boisterous. I don't know. They're, they must. He must be money in pregame and warmups and practice. Like he must be money for them to be convinced that he can do this every time. Like he must absolutely be money because every time it's like right. Like I. I mean, I'm pretty sure almost every operation is the same. They they ask the head coach or the head coach asks the coordinator. Hey, is he good from here? They say, yeah, he's good from here. Okay. Hey, kick uh Matt, are you good from here? Matt says, Yeah, I'm good from here. All right, let's go. 
wide right. All right, that's enough. That's enough talking about the kicker. Uh, Frank, is there anything else about this game that you want to discuss? Um, you know, shout out to Bryce Hall, continuing to have a phenomenal season here. Uh, was breakdown was shut down again. You were going to say something, Frank? Yeah, it was. I was really impressed with the game Quincy Williams had, especially that I for I think it was was it Waddle where they ran that uh ran that pitch play to where he had that nice tackle for loss in the first quarter. I I don't quite remember who the receiver was, but I know what I know what player you're talking about. Yeah, the the way he just diagnosed that and just missled in there. I, I think he could be a piece going forward. Obviously, he's not going to be a Pro Bowl player, but if you surround him with other good linebackers, I feel like he could be a contributing piece to a solid defense. Yeah, I mean, the defense felt at its best when it was Mosley and Quincy Williams in the middle of it, right, surrounded by, you know, all that speed that they had. Mark, I mean, obviously they lost Marcus May, which sucks, but um, – you know, they had all that speed with Michael Carter and Bryce Hall, and especially with, the, you know, the, the the front four that they have that they rotate in there in, in and out. But, um, yeah, I, mean, I think Quincy Williams can be a, a definitely a, a phenomenal piece next to C.J. Mosley uh, in, in this defense. Again, if you just – if they can get the secondary short away, right? I mean, Ashton Davis is – he's somebody that, you know, we've been – you know, high on think he has a ton of potential uh, and he's been up or up and down through he's, recent weeks. He's been solid the last couple of weeks though. You know, yeah. he had, I know he had a pick uh, against Miami, but that was kind of to his fault. Um, yeah. You know, but he made, he made the play, you know, that's something yeah. that other safeties haven't been able to do, but mm-hmm. you know, but he's been solid in the run support. You haven't really seen him get burned all too much. Yeah, he's been he's been a he's been a liability a, a bit as a tackler, um, especially in the open field. I mean, there was the Jonathan Taylor one, which obviously that one's tough, but there was also another one against uh, I think Patrick Laird of the Dolphins on Sunday, where you know he's in perfect position, diagnosed it perfectly, and he's in position to make a play for a tackle for a loss, and instead of a one or two yard loss. It's a you know one or two yard gain for a first down, and so you know those are the critical plays that Ashton Davis has to make. But don't like don't don't hear what I'm not saying. I, I do like Ashton Davis. If you if you've listened, you've watched uh, Frank. You know this. I do like Ashton Davis. I think he's got a ton of potential. He's he's a, a very good athlete. Has some good draft capital, um, you know, attached to him as a third round pick. So I think that you know I don't I'm not. I'm not closing the chat, the book on Ashton Davis as being a potential player. He's just got to stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, got to stay healthy. Say that about literally anybody. <laughs> no, no, but I mean particularly him because he he needs those practice reps to get better. So, you know, like he's not in the Blake Cashman breath yet, but <laughs> he's getting close. Yeah, man. Um. Anything else on this game here before we take it to our next segment? 
No, nothing. All right. So, uh, Frank, why don't you tell the, the lovely people who our next segment is brought to them by? As always, our next segment is brought to you by the Pigskin Podcast Network and the DraftKings Sportsbook. This Thanksgiving, be thankful for family, food, and free bets. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has a turkey day no-brainer that you can't miss. New customers can bet just $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a single point. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the Thanksgiving NFL action. Make your first deposit and you can play for millions with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Contest. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $1.00 on any Thanksgiving NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TPPN this Thanksgiving at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And as Frank said, this next segment right here is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, and where this line is also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook of this lovely game here of the New York Jets traveling to Houston to take on the Houston Texans, who are also coming off or who are coming off the victory of the Tennessee Titans, uh, who were previously or actually are still the number one seed in the AFC. Um, the Buffalo or the Houston Texans rather are two and a half point favorites here. And this line is 44 and a half points according to DraftKings Sportsbook. So um again with Houston coming off of this win here, Zach Wilson getting the start. This Houston defense has actually been pretty good over these last couple games. Um so that makes you wonder their defense on the road here or did their defense at home here two and a half point favorites against uh, Zach Wilson, who, you know, in his time did struggle, but this offense is playing much better. Uh, I think that the way this defense is put together, that this could probably be a high scoring affair. Um, Zach Wilson, I th- you know, regardless of what the outcome is, I think that you want to see him play well. I think you want to see him, you know, have, you know, at least a two, 300-yard game, um, you know, statistically because that's what all these other quarterbacks have been doing with Mike LaFleur, right? And so you want to see that. You want to see no drop-off in the performance of Elijah Moore. Um, you know, you you want to see the offensive line continue uh, to play well. Uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif in his first – First game, first real action for with the you know not even with the Jets just in, in really two years, he, you know he played well, um, you know in his in his first game with the Jets and so I think if you can see those things, I that would be fantastic. The Jets can win this game. Uh, I, I I really do believe that they can win, I, and I actually will pick them to win this game. 
I, I just think the way that this, you know, the way that this offense has been playing, the juice that Zach Wilson can can provide, like if he really is the number, you know, he, he's the number two pick, you know, the number two overall pick in the draft for a reason. He's got talent. He's got more. Um, he's got more in his arm than Mike White and Joe Flacco do. So I'm I'm gonna go with the Jets to cover because I think they can make some big plays down the field uh, and, and win this game here. What about what about you, Frank? Do you think they're gonna win outright? Yeah, I'm taking them to win to win the game, cover and win the game here. This is tough because the Jets' defense have been playing pretty bad. Like they made Gaskin look like Jonathan Taylor the other on on Sunday, and and Gaskin's been bad all year. But I think I think the Jets are going to get to sh- a shot in the arm with Zach coming back. Uh, Lafleur's been calling the offense pretty well since he moved upstairs. You know, we also have John Beck on the staff now who Wilson obviously has a connection to being that that's been his personal quarterback coach for a minute. I do have the Jets covering, but I don't see the Jets winning the game. Yeah, I mean that's fair. Um, two and a half point cover. That's that'll be. What is he got? A, so a one point loss here for the Jets. Two point loss, even could get it done. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't get don't get me wrong. I I think you know Houston. They've played tough all year, uh, but this is a you know a team where, or this is a kind of game where I think. The Jets are gonna like they they already throw the ball at a high rate. Uh, you know, they you know, they're throwing it over 60% of the time in games, and, and that's even in neutral game script, uh, even when the score is one score, even when it's a one score game on first and second down, they're still throwing the football. Uh, and so I think they'll continue to do that. So I I think, you know, um, you know, while they do have a, they are they have a deficiency of of stopping the run. The Jets do. Houston can't run the football, right? I mean, they've got David Johnson. They just neither could play. Miami. But Miami has actually running backs that are actually halfway decent. Like David Johnson looks like he's literally stuck in in quicksand. Um, you know, Rex Burkhead. I mean, both these guys are av- like David Johnson's averaging 1.7 yards per carry right now over his last four games. Um, Rex Burkhead is like at two yards per carry over his last four games. I mean, these guys, and they just released Philip Lindsay, who was also at two yards per carry during that time span. Uh, the Jet, the, the Houston offensive line is terrible. Uh, we saw that the Jets actually were able to impact. Miami because of the deficiency of the offensive line of their offensive line. So the jets actually have an advantage here on this offensive line versus defensive line combination. Um, And I think on the other side of the ball, they probably have uh, a similar advantage there as well. Um, And so I, you know, as well as the weapons, you know, Elijah Moore coming along, uh, Corey Davis, I think is going to benefit from Zach Wilson being back because those two really hit it off. So, and I think Zach Wilson plays better in his first his first game back with with uh, a much better um, Mike Lafleur. Your lips to God's ears, bro. 
Hey, man. We we shall see. We shall see what happens on Sunday. But uh, Frank, I I uh, I don't remember whose pick it is to take a lock this week. Well, you were off last week, so I'll be the gentleman and let you go. Oh, you're so kind to me, Frank. Such a good friend. I appreciate you, brother. I have to make up for the uh, comment I made two weeks ago. Oh, see, why'd you even have to go there? Why'd you even have to bring it up? All the all the people, I'm sure they all forgot about the hop joke already. Yeah, but you didn't, so I had to make sure I apologize again. <laughs> um, With my lock... Oh, it's actually a really tough week. Um, there's not a lot of teams that are – I mean, there's only two teams that are significantly favored, uh, or I guess three teams that are really favored. Wow, New England's favored by six points against Tennessee. That's crazy. Um, I'm going to take the – I feel like I do this every week. I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys. I almost picked – Another team, but I'm gonna take the Dallas Cowboys to uh, lock it up against the Las Vegas Raiders, with or without C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper. I don't hate it. I'm gonna take Sam Fran, who's minus three against Minnesota, because I just don't trust Kirk Cousins when he's not in the one o'clock spot. Are, are they in a primetime spot? Oh, they're no, at four o'clock. Four o'clock. Four o'clock. Four twenty-five. All right. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy because I feel like I've been picking against. I've been picking against Minnesota like the last couple of weeks, but they've they've beaten some good teams. I mean, I think you know last week they beat um, Green Bay or this past Sunday, and the week before that, uh, I forget who they beat, but it was a pretty good team that they beat as well. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I guess I'll be rooting for Minnesota there uh, to uh, do some work against San Fran. So we'll see. Yeah, and I still have the giveaway if one of our listeners wants to tell us the score between me and John. Oh, there, there's a giveaway for that. Oh man, I had no idea. Yeah, there's a giveaway for that. <laughs> well, there you go. So you heard it from Frank's, from Frank's mouth to your ears. Uh, get get in there for that giveaway there, and make sure you are again following Frank at Frankie Bots with the Z on Twitter. Make sure you're following me at Jr Football Nerd on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find Frank on Instagram at Frankie G fifty three. You can find the show at Liftoff underscore NYJ on Twitter at Now We Have Liftoff on Instagram. Definitely appreciate y'all. Would love for you guys to all subscribe to the YouTube and the and the uh, the podcast, uh, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Google Play, however it is you're listening. Um, definitely appreciate y'all. So uh, again, we thank you. We we love you. We appreciate you, and we're out of here. Have Peace. a happy and safe Thanksgiving, everybody. That one is very important. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Peace. Peace.